The long-term effects of the coronavirus pandemic and national lockdowns are still to be determined. But now, just a year on, we can already pinpoint fundamental transformations in the way that we pay. For a moment in early 2020, the world felt like it came to a standstill. In those dark early months in March and April, everything slowed down, right? Because we all just locked down at home, not knowing what to expect. And once life started to crawl back to a new normal, you saw the activity through all of these digital channels absolutely explode. After the initial shock to our systems, the rhythms of our lives slowly returned. Money started moving again, but with one big difference. P2P payments were bigger than ever. I think inexorably, member, customer behaviors have shifted and there's no going back to the old way. This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. In this series, we'll be exploring the trends that are already transforming credit unions and the technologies they'll need to prosper in a brave new payment landscape. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. Today, we'll be talking with Al Coe, CEO of Early Warning Services, about how Zelle became an industry-wide collaborative mission, how credit unions can tap into that added value for their members, and why the pandemic may have changed the way we move money for good. Not so long ago, sending money to someone across the country would, at the very least, require a visit to an ATM. But ask Gen Z what a checkbook looks like, and they might draw a blank. Payment transfer via apps swung into the public consciousness in a big way in the early 2000s. And it wasn't long before a market leader emerged in the form of Zelle by early warning services. Here's CEO Al Coe. To me, Zelle is the best innovation that financial institutions of all sizes have done in over a generation. It's a great example of industry collaboration. So when you think about the origin story, you know, P2P, peer-to-peer payments is, is not new. In fact, starting in the kind of the 2007, 2008, there were some apps out there that started to enable people to move money between each other, of course, you know, all enabled by uh, mobile phones and, and web-based technologies. And banks realized this too, but for many years, they did it in uh, alone or through um, small consortia. So if you think about QuickPay or ClearExchange or even Pop Money, banks saw the opportunity. But of course, the key is in creating a network where, you know, Aaron, when you want to go pay someone, eliminating the friction of, will the person on the other side be able to get the money is a very, very big deal. And in recognition of that, about three years ago, the industry got together and created Zelle. And that was just about three years ago, you said 2017. It's it's remarkable that it's only been that short amount of time that Zelle has been around. That's right. Zelle is still a toddler, and yet it's it's quite a large toddler at this day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great, a great way of putting it. It's kind of an interesting story in that it was the major banks, we're talking Wells Fargo, Capital One, Truist, JP Morgan, they banded together and formed Zelle to sort of counteract some of the third-party P2P apps. That's right. So a little bit of a history. Early Warning Services has been around for 30 years, and it's owned by seven of the largest banks in the U.S. You mentioned many of them 
And for most of its history, it's provided risk solutions for different types of payments or account opening for the entire financial services industry. And it's based on this heritage of being really great at risk management that uh, the consortium of banks decided that this would be the right company, the right vessel to launch the Zelle Payments Network. And, and one thing to clarify is, while the origin story is that the largest banks launch Zelle together to create this the seed of this network, the true power of the network is that it's open to institutions of all sizes, banks and credit unions. And that quickly became the case. And of course, we talked about Zelle being a three-year-old toddler. But in year, you know, in year one, it was a handful of the largest uh, institutions. But by now, uh, there are over 800 banks and credit unions of all sizes, and that number continues to grow very rapidly. So why do banks of all sizes see something like Zelle so important to long-term viability and competitive positioning? Well, if you think about any bank or credit union, the need to engage with customers on a regular basis and uh, the need to provide them with solutions that they need on an everyday basis is absolutely critical. And if you hark back to uh, not too distant past, People used to go to the branch, you know, they, they knew you by name, you got coffee and donuts, and there's a relationship there, right? And then periodically, you know, still with online and mobile banking, it's principally used or used to be for checking your balance and maybe moving some money between your checking and savings account. Well, fast forward to today, that is uh, only the tip of the iceberg and the requirements that and expectations that consumers have of banks and credit unions is very, very different. And so uh, offering a solution like P2P, which is more of an everyday capability, as opposed to a once a week, once a month type of activity is absolutely crucial. Have you observed any changes in attitudes towards Zelle, like uptake during the pandemic? Oh, big time. So back to your earlier question, you know, first of all, Zelle leads to increased digital engagement, which is something that, you know, every company is now a digital company even more so during the pandemic. And it does that very, very substantially. And, and certainly with the pandemic, there's a lot been written about uh, the even more rapid decline of cash and check, uh, the shift to digital interactions as opposed to in-person interactions. And so as you might imagine, uh, the numbers have really, really spiked. In, in fact, we recently announced that um, over 1.2 billion transactions in uh, 2020, and that's for a three-year-old product, and over $300 billion moved. So these are, you know, not just, you know, I bought a bike from my neighbor off of Craigslist and I paid that person with Zelle, but it's for paying rent and it's for helping getting reimbursed from grandma for me picking up groceries for her because she doesn't want to go to the, to the store. All of these, as you might imagine, have just exploded in the pandemic. But I would say the trends were already there. They were just accelerated by the unique circumstances we're in now. Yeah, I think uh, the analogy I've used in other episodes is it's like gasoline being poured on a fire that was already there or that had already started. Correct. And just took off. And you said something interesting about the, you know, it's not just buying a, a bike off of Craigslist. It's rent. It's that Zelle is comprised of, um, in general, higher amounts per transaction. Yeah, if you if you do the math and you know all this is uh, publicly available, but first of all, you know three hundred billion moved, one point two billion transactions. The average uh, price or the average you know dollar amount per transaction is about two hundred and fifty dollars. And so if you think about that, you got plenty of examples of uh, 
you know, you and I go in dinner and splitting the bill kind of P2P, but when it really matters, you talk about rent, you talk about gifting, charitable giving, when you really want it to be there, when it's of consequence, people turn to Zelle. And um, I think there's a unique nature to the fact that, and real unique advantage in that it's part of my bank or credit union app. It is in there, it's tied to my checking account. And when I pay you, Aaron, the money moves from my account to yours. All I need is your cell phone number or email address. And it's highly secure because it's within the confines of, you know, the bank authentication, which of course all banks and credit unions put an enormous amount of resources into securing. So that's why you see the phenomenon where it's a larger ticket on average. But I will say, you know, both with the pandemic and generally as it becomes more of a universal capability, you're seeing, you know, those numbers change as it just becomes an everyday thing for all of my activities as opposed to just the most important activities, which is a great place to start. Right. And you read my mind because I was going to talk, I was going to ask you about how it's linked to your banks and you are moving money in real time. You know, some of these other third party apps, it'll say, okay, your transfer is happening. It'll be there in one to three days. (laughs) Correct. And And then once it's there, you typically have to go in, you have to take an action. And if you want it immediately, you often have to pay a fee or you have to wait a couple more days. And this one is you get a notification and it's good funds right there. It's a very, very different model. Of course, you kind of have to discover it in your credit union or bank app. And, um, you know, we have a great partnership with the many banks and credit unions who are in the network to to promote that. And, And again, the key is the consumer is already behaving this way. The question is, which app will I use? And will I turn to my credit union or bank? Or will I turn to the many other alternatives that are out there? And that's really the the war for mind share and the war for the relationship. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned that about the relationship, because we know that credit unions typically have relied on that, you know, around the corner, brick and mortar kind of feel. We know who we're working with. So what has been the response to Zelle among credit unions and their members? Yeah, first of all, uh, I think it's it's important to, to realize that, you know, just one year ago, we had about 300 banks and credit unions, and we added over 500 last year, mostly smaller banks and credit unions uh, with fewer than 10,000 DDAs because they recognize the need for this. And of course, with more of those credit unions uh, coming online, we're seeing the data. And I'll, I'll share with you just a couple of highlights. So customers using digital services like Zelle are more valuable customers. They bring in more monthly revenue to their FI They're also more loyal. They're 35% less likely to leave or to churn from that bank or credit union. That's because, you know, these are the most active, most valuable digital users. Uh, The average total product holdings go up for these digital customers. And so simply put, if your members are sending and receiving funds with Zelle, they're spending more time in your mobile app. Uh, They appreciate that this capability is there. And of course, the flip side, if you don't have it, they're going to look to others that provide that service. And so to me, it's uh, become an imperative and almost an expectation on the part of members and customers of uh, what their credit union or bank would offer. And we've already touched on this a little bit, but would you say the, the pandemic has had an impact on this? I mean, maybe more so with members needing the service, maybe members that were reluctant to adopt it before the pandemic. 
The pandemic has had a tremendous impact on the adoption of Zelle. And what's interesting is, you know, in the, in those dark early months in March and April, everything slowed down, right? Because we all just locked down at home, not knowing what to expect. And, and once life started to crawl back to a new normal, which was not going into the branch, uh, but still trying to go about our daily lives, principally from home, you saw the activity through all of these digital channels absolutely explode. Uh, and that's where we've gotten, you know, five years of adoption, you know, in the last year. Unlike that analogy you shared with, you know, gasoline on a fire that was already burning, this one is not going to burn out because uh, I think inexorably member customer behaviors have shifted and there's no going back to the old way. You know, uh, what's interesting, Aaron, is I spent most of my career as a product manager, and uh, there was a phrase at my old employer we always used where if you can deliver something so delightful, they can never imagine going back to the old way. And that's a very important phrase to just remember. It was coined by the founder of my previous employer. If you can deliver something like that, that's delight. That's truly game-changing. And Zelle is that. Once you use Zelle through the credit union, there is no going back to the old way you made that payment. It is vastly better. In just three short years, Zelle has grown exponentially to become one of the most successful financial products launched with $300 billion moved and counting. Al says Zell's still a toddler, but with a trajectory like that, this new kid on the block seems destined to keep on growing. There's over 800 uh, banks and credit unions live today, you know, another 500 under contract. And then, very importantly, 7,000 banks and credit unions where a customer like you or me can access Zell through the Zelle app and then connecting my debit card. But of course, that's different than using my credit union app to access Zelle. But with that coverage, 97% of the US population has access to Zelle already. But what's gonna change, and I think it's gonna take a lot less than five years, virtually all banks and credit unions will be directly on the Zelle network through their apps. And it's really a bank-based peer-to-peer network. And so, you know, this notion of, can I pay Aaron? How can, can she get the money will just be gone because I just know that if I have her contact info or increasingly through other means, which we can talk about like QR codes, I'll be able to just send the money to you, know that it's there in seconds, and that's it. I expect a great deal more ubiquity and uh, it's a matter of when, not a matter of if all banks and credit unions are on the Zelle network. It's really a financial services capability that I think is really interesting. Zelle's popularity with consumers caught on fast, but they're not the only drivers of this boom in activity. In fact, more and more businesses are seeing the value in using Zelle for all kinds of transactions. Zelle was born three years ago. Consumers were using it. And wouldn't you know it, in the data, especially of late, a lot of the activity is small business activity. So even though it was designed for consumers and it's connected to a consumer retail checking account, many, many small businesses are using it uh, for a variety of purposes, much like consumers use it for a variety of purposes. And so one thing we've rolled out is the, the ability to connect Zelle to a 
commercial account to a small business account to a business account. And we've, we're seeing tremendous adoption now of enabling businesses directly into their business account, not through a consumer account, which still happens, to be able to use Zelle. And once you have that, the ask that businesses have of increased functionality, whether that's flexibility in the memo line, whether that's higher limits, certainly QR codes, other capabilities are exploding. And so you're going to see Zelle go from you know, peer-to-peer, which is associated with one person paying another, to uh, kind of a many-to-many, business-to-business, business-to-consumer, consumer-to-business type of solution. Then the third vector I talk about, I know it's more of an industry term called disbursements, but it's when an entity pays a, a consumer or another entity money, and we're seeing that grow very, very significantly. So, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. If you get into a fender bender, hopefully you don't. The traditional way of getting reimbursed for that insurance claim is you get a check in the mail a few weeks later. Well, you know, that insurance company has your email address and cell phone number. Why not sell you the money? And increasingly, that's what's happening. I'll give you one other very recent example. The city of St. Petersburg, you know, just outside of Tampa, wanted to send small businesses emergency aid uh, with the pandemic of $500. And they were able to send that through Zelle. Uh, As opposed to imagine, you know, sending a check, probably will go to your business address, which may or may not be open. And that kind of friction back to, you could never imagine going back to the old way once you do it this way. And the final example I'll give you is just the Wounded Warriors Project, where in the spring, The Wounded Warrior Project used Zelle to distribute $8 million to wounded veterans in urgent financial crisis due to the sudden loss of household income. More than 11,000 wounded, ill, and injured service members received a $1,000 grant per household to help cover immediate needs uh, for food and shelter. And again, because this was Zelled, it literally was in their checking account as opposed to the much more friction-filled, time-consuming previous way of sending this money. So these are a few of many examples of Zelle being used for consumers, for business activities, and certainly for what we call disbursements. Well, that's amazing. And that's, so that's five years. That's Zelle will be eight, you know, still in elementary school (laughs) and a champion among P2P payments. How did this compare to what you were projecting a year ago? From its inception, Zelle shot out of the gate like a rocket because the pent-up demand was there and because I truly believe the financial services industry built a better mousetrap. It's a fundamentally better offering from a security perspective, from a speed perspective, and from a business model perspective for the end user as well as for the bank or credit union. So we've seen a lot of growth, but certainly 2020, we have benefited from the dramatic shift to all things digital that was spurred on by the pandemic. And so uh, it's exceeded all of our expectations. And certainly maybe the greatest area was the number of institutions live on the network or asking to join the network. It was a matter of when, not a matter of if, but that day has come and that's only accelerating in 2021. So how is P2P affecting other payments. Are people turning away from cash and checks? I know I am for sure. Yeah. You know, cash and check has been in steady decline for the past few decades. And actually just 
a couple of days ago, there was an interesting Wall Street Journal article on this very topic. And cash and check has seen a more precipitous decline during the pandemic. That's not a surprise at all. And half of all consumers use mobile wallets and contactless payment methods. And certainly peer-to-peer is exploding. It remains to be seen once uh, life is back to normal, how much of this is new normal versus how much of this swings back to the old way. I, I suspect with payments, there's no going back. But um, And the old long-term trend lines were there. The question is, what is that end point? And I think the hastening of the, the end of cash and checks is upon us, and that day will arrive sooner than, than it was before. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere that you know it can take anywhere from 4 to $20 for an actual check to be written. You know, when you think of all of the the supplies and the stamps and the mailing and the, the labor involved. I wrote a check the other day. I haven't written one in months. I have one provider that I work with and pretty much my checkbook is for that one provider. And she's in her 60s. I don't know if she's going to change. So I may have to um, educate her a little bit. Well, you, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, it's Cash and check particularly is still, you know, very predominant in, in you know, the, the small business realm where there's still a lot of paper-based processes and friction. But as, as people discover these, uh, you're, you're going to see a great deal of adoption. You should talk to your provider. And, and uh, once you show her the new way, again, there's no going back. And I've experienced that over and over and over again. I, I agree. Once the technology is here, it stays, um, you know, but it just may take some catching up for some people. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Zelle and credit unions again. How can Zelle help make credit unions more competitive and increase their relevance today? Yeah, so at year-end 2020, there were 159 credit unions live versus 28 year-end 2019. So it's a 460% increase. And again, I expect to see an even larger number go live this year. And the best way to answer your question is through a couple of examples. So uh, Boeing Employees Credit Union, BECU in Washington State, very, very large credit union. Since the launch in 2019, so you know it's launched pretty recently, the number of users, the number of transactions has really skyrocketed. And you know a lot of people in the industry are familiar with Net Promoter Score, NPS. Uh, that's consistently stayed in the mid to high 70s with this credit union. You know, this is from one of their leaders. They, they share that in a challenging year, 2020, Zelle is even more relevant for the members of this credit union because it provides the ability to, to pay money in real time and it's secure and the money is verified. And it's a really, really powerful way that Boeing Employees Credit Union has offered a service to its, its end users. One more example I'd share is First Tech uh, Federal Credit Union here in California, just in my backyard, over 40 branches across multiple states. The chief digital and technology officer, Mike Upton, from our partner at First Tech, said that the, the P2P payment service is a capability that members crave and that Zelle delivers an experience that preserves members' trust, keeping First Tech as their credit union of choice. And again, it goes back to this notion of the members are going to seek it out anyway. And the question is, will I do it through you know, my credit union of choice? Hopefully, yes. Or do I have to find an alternative? And, and I think wherever they've gone live, uh, they found a tremendous adoption, which has been great. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, since I started hosting this podcast, I changed banks because I was part of a smaller regional bank that didn't support Zelle. And uh, this is, I just want to make my life easier. Uh, one other example I want to ask you about, are you, are you familiar with the University of Wisconsin Credit Union? I am not. Okay. Well, it was just one that I saw in the research that I thought was fascinating. Um, they opened in uh, late January of 2020. And within five minutes, um, someone had signed up to use Zelle just because it was on a pop-up screen. And then by March, they had 1,300 members using Zelle. And I just thought that was pretty fascinating. Well, well the demand is there. And, and maybe to continue on the first tech story, in 2018, which was their first full year of having Zelle, $81 million got moved just within first tech. By 2019, it was $150 million dollars. In 2020, it was 277, so almost $300 million. It doubles every year. I expect this year, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, half a billion dollars for a, you know, one credit union. And, and that just speaks to the demand. And again, these are not in million dollar increments. These are a lot of smaller transactions that engage members where they thank the credit union for offering the service. Credit unions are adopting Zelle and offering it to their members at quite a rate. And from what Al's seeing, this is just the beginning of a much larger trend. I see us going from hundreds of credit unions live with hundreds more in the queue to thousands and frankly, the entire credit union industry being live on Zelle very, very shortly. To me, this strikes at the heart of the credit union business model, which is having a close relationship and affinity with its members, offering, you know, the best everyday services better than, you know, the alternative. And so uh, I, I see these trends continuing. Uh, one thing that, that may be worth clarifying to, to those in the audience that may be, you know, at a credit union contemplating going on Zelle, uh, relative to when it launched three years ago, today the implementation is much more turnkey the expense and the business model of integrating it is very, very different as we've achieved scale. And certainly, you know, all the capabilities in terms of security reporting are just continue to get better and better. So uh, again, the Zelle that you may have heard of a couple of years ago is very different than the Zelle of today, even from an enterprise perspective, certainly from a consumer perspective. Well, Alco, thank you so much for sharing your insights um, and your wisdom on Zelle. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners out there before we wrap up our program? You know, I, I just wrap by saying uh, what I said at the beginning, which is um, Zelle is probably the best example in a generation of the entire industry coming together to deliver tremendous value for their consumers and members and businesses. And it shows the power of even amongst fiercely competitive organizations like banks and credit unions are, there are some solutions that if they work together on behalf of the collective they can solve problems better. And so we're excited to see what the next chapter brings. I talked about small business. I talked about disbursements. But uh, this is going to continue to grow because the need to move money between accounts, between people is only going to grow and it's going to happen digitally. And, and the security and the speed is paramount in, in any of these digital transactions. So appreciate you having me today and uh, looking forward to uh, coming back one day in the near future. Al Coe is the CEO of Early Warning Services. 
That's it for today's show. Join us again next week as we explore diversity, equity, and inclusion in the financial services industry with Angela Russell from Kuna Mutual Group. 